Hey there, movie fans. It is time for a brand new episode of Collider's for your consideration as this award season rolls on and on and on. Yes, it is the longest award season ever. But before we get into our latest episode of Collider FYC, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is being brought to you by Movies Anywhere, bringing you their biggest offer ever. Now through April 12th, purchase a film from Movies Anywhere's expansive library, such as the award-winning favorites Return of the King and Whiplash, and then choose a bonus movie from that studio. You can choose up to four bonus movies, one from each of the participating studios, Disney, Sony, Universal, and Warner Brothers. Since you asked, what's my pick? Well, of course, it's got to be The Social Network. Definitely one of the best movies of the 21st century. I think it is David Fincher's very best movie. And it is, you guessed it, The Citizen Kane of the 21st century. Now, what does the amazing Perry Nemiroth think? What is the Perry normal activity here? Perry, what is your pick? I'm a cheater. I got two picks. First... I'm going to give everybody Joker. If you're looking for a unique DC film, that one definitely stands out from the pack. And it also features a phenomenal performance from Joaquin Phoenix. Can never get over it, even though I've seen that movie multiple times at this point. And I'm also going to give you Little Women. It's just so exciting to see Greta Gerwig make this classic story, her own as a director, and talk about a phenomenal ensemble there. We're about to go into a big period for Florence Pugh, and that kind of was a significant launch pad for her. So I love that ensemble. I love that director. I love the film. Great picks, Perry. Now let's move on to the mighty Jeff Snyder. Jeff, I cannot wait to hear what your pick is. I'm a Boston boy, so I went with the award-winning crime drama The Departed from Martin Scorsese. It's an edge-of-your-seat thriller featuring two great lead performances from Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon, a fantastic supporting cast, Mark Wahlberg, Alec Baldwin, Martin Sheen. So yeah, The Departed, uh, a must-see. Absolutely, and I just rewatched The Departed recently. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, and boy, does that movie hold up after... Can you believe it's been 15 years? That movie is phenomenal. The Departed, Movies Anywhere's biggest offer ever, is only available now through April 12th. So visit moviesanywhere.com slash bonus offer today. And now on with today's episode of Collider FYC. I got to tell you, you know, Jeff and Perry, part of me is excited to, to still be in award season. And part of me feels like we're still in award season. This is going on for Ever. I mean, this is going on forever. We are in April. We're still talking about, about the Oscars, which are now less than three weeks away on April 25th. Jeff, what's your feeling? Are you, are you digging this prolonged award season or are you over it? I mean, you know, I, I watched Promising Young Woman again over the weekend, and it, it was just crazy to me to think that this movie premiered in January 2020 at Sundance, and we're still talking about it for awards in April 2021. Um, so yeah, it is dragging on a little bit longer than, than I would have liked. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why, why the Academy had to change the calendar and everything, but at the same time, you know, we have a good crop of movies, and uh, I have enjoyed the discussion, so. Harry Normal, what do you think? Are you digging it? Are you kind of ready to move on and get into, like, any season? What's your take? 
I'm with Jeff. I still wonder why they had to change the calendar to begin with. I like the time capsule element of award season, but you know, while we're still all staying home in lockdown, I don't mind having this conversation continue. This is one of my favorite times of the year for a reason. So it's definitely given me something exciting to do for a longer period of time to be able to, you know, chat with you guys about it, play around with Gold Derby, talk on social media with people. So I'm having I'm having a pretty good time right now. Yeah, I'm a little mixed on it. And I, I remember they initially moved it back from February to April because I think, you know, they thought that there would be uh, a vaccine, there would be all that would roll out sooner, meaning that there could be more of an in-person presence at the Academy Awards. And that looks like it is going to happen, that there will be more of an in-person presence with uh, locations, not just at the Dolby in Hollywood, but also at Union Station in downtown LA, Uh, the train station where they shot Blade Runner, among other things, and also locations in Paris and London. Uh, It's really, really going to be interesting to see how the Oscars turn out. But the other part of me feels like, my gosh, like how many times can you talk about Nomadland and Promising Young Woman and all these movies? Like, But I get very excited talking to the both of you about it here on Collider FYC because this is definitely my favorite kind of movie conversation anywhere, uh, award season talk with the both of you. Uh, we are in our third year, so we have this like amazing history on Collider FIC, which I think is pretty awesome. And we also had a very big and a very crucial award show just happened. That was the SAG Awards. Uh, just took place a couple days ago. And SAG after it is the world's largest union of actors with 160 thousand members. So that's SAG after the Academy has 9,395 members. 14% of that is made up of actors. Presumably most or all of them are in the SAG after foundation. So how do you think Jeff, the 160,000 member SAG after union will affect the winners of the acting categories at the Academy Awards? Um, I think that with 160,000 members, there's obviously a lot more diversity within SAG-AFTRA than the Academy. Uh, and that may very well have benefited Viola Davis. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise for, for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I thought she was very, very good. Don't get me wrong. But I, I feel like a lot of people had this race sort of boiled down to Francis McDormand versus Carrie Mulligan. Uh, with Carrie as, as the front runner. And so Viola, her win kind of throws a wrench in that. And, and I like that there's now a little bit of suspense to the best actress category. Uh, but I, I don't think um, that the Academy has quite the same levels of, of diversity and, and inclusion that SAG does. And, and so may, maybe that will hurt her. I hate that race has to even be, be a factor in, in these things, but uh, inevitably it is. Okay, Perry, what's your take on how, how the winners at the SAG Awards go on to affect the winners at the Oscars. I think it's reflected in my own personal predictions and Viola Davis's win in particular did make me completely restructure my list or rather not completely, but shuffle a few things around because I didn't really think she was in contention for the win. And now all of a sudden I've got her at my number two. And the only one in that conversation I have with zero chance of winning whatsoever is Vanessa Kirby. So I feel like that assessment right there reflects how I feel about SAG and what that means for the Academy Award wins. 
Well, first of all, with the, the four wins here that we had at the SAG Awards, was the first time since the SAG Awards have been presented that all four individual acting winners went to people of color. And if, if that is duplicated at the Academy Awards, you're going to have the most diverse set of acting wins ever in Oscar history. But do the SAG Awards and the Oscars, especially in the acting categories, do they overlap? Now, the last time the SAG Best Actor and the SAG Best Actress, both of them went on to win the Oscar for Best Actor and Best Actress was actually a lot longer ago than you would probably think. It was 23 years ago when they both went on to win the Oscars. And that was with Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt for As Good As It Gets. But getting into the actual winners here, let, let's start with the, the one that we, we all knew was going to win. And, and that, of course, is, is it's Chadwick Boseman. Obviously, I mean, Perry, I think that was expected. And what's your take on just how Chadwick has been winning all of the awards so far this season? I don't think my take on this has changed since day one of this season of Collider FYC. I think this category is over and done with, as it should be. Chadwick Boseman for the win all the way through. Okay. Uh, Jeff, any, any thoughts on Chadwick winning the SAG? I think it was very expected. I think he's going to win the Oscar. I feel terrible for, for Riz Ahmed, who just... I mean, he got unlucky, not as unlucky as Chadwick Boseman, of course. Um, but I, I think that if Chadwick was still with us, uh, I, I do think that, that Riz Ahmed would be winning more awards um, as good as Chadwick was. And I did see The Father uh, since, since our last episode, which was very good. Anthony Hopkins was excellent. But I really always put this race between, between Riz and Chadwick, and that didn't change. Okay, I want to get into, I want to save the, the, the heavier talk about the, the acting categories at the Oscars for later in the show. I want to focus more on the SAG winners here. And I got to tell you, one big surprise while I was watching the one-hour show was Viola Davis, her best actress for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, everyone was kind of thinking that Carrie Mulligan would go on to win another award here. And Jeff, what is your take on the, on the, on the, the shocker, the surprise win here for Viola Davis? Um, I mean, well, Andre Day was not nominated for a SAG. Was That's she? correct. So, so she didn't really have to worry about, about that competition, like another singer, another uh, black singer. You know, I, I think Viola Davis is, you know, wi widely loved and respected by, by her peers. Uh, so I'm not surprised that, that, that she, I mean, I, I was surprised that she won, but I, I do think that she was excellent in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And I, and I think that Promising Young Woman, maybe it just indicates that that movie was a little bit more divisive than we all thought it was. And the same, the same narrative goes with Frances, uh, Frances McDormand as far as she's won, you know, a, a bunch of times before. Do we really need to give it to her again? Uh, I am sensing a little bit of Nomadland backlash, but not, maybe not enough to affect the Oscars. We'll talk about that later. Oh, wait a minute. We'll get, we'll get into that Nomadland backlash in, in a moment. Perry? Viola Davis winning, like I mean, did you see that coming, uh, or or did you did you see coming when you read about the winners the next morning? <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, a little distracted by Nomadland backlash because I don't think that's how I don't think that's 
going to happen or it's going to affect the race. But as far as Viola Davis winning, like, yeah, I was surprised. I've had Carrie Mulligan as the front runner. And, you know, I don't necessarily think the gap between front runner and everyone else in this particular category is as wide of a gap as some of the other ones. But, you know, in my mind, it's always been Carrie Mulligan, number one, and then maybe Frances McDormand taking it from her. But in the case of SAG, it does feel like Nomadland in particular is, you know, a little less of an ensemble movie, a little less of a of a movie that would necessarily get those kinds of awards from SAG versus, let's say, the PGA. So maybe I should have bumped Frances McDormand a little further down the list. But Viola Davis is fantastic in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. The the only thing with Viola Davis getting this particular award is I've been one of the people from the very beginning who thinks that she should have just swept the supporting category because that felt like more of a supporting role to me, whereas Chadwick Boseman felt like the lead of that movie. But at this point, there's no there's no value in that conversation, because with this win, I think she is kind of firmly you know, planted her feet in the ground and, you know, created this strong stance and an actual chance to maybe steal the Oscar from Carrie Mulligan. Okay, now here's the thing. So Viola Davis ties now with Renee Zellweger to be the most honored actress with three individual wins at the SAG Awards. And for the last, uh, for the previous 25 years, not including this year, all but seven of the SAG Best Actresses went on to win the Oscar too. All but seven. So, but that's, you know, seven out of 25. So, so here's the thing, like going into the fall, going into like, you know, November, October, November, I actually felt like Viola Davis was the one to be, not just here at the SAGs, but all the way through. And it was only, and I'm not taking anything away from Carrie Mulligan's performance at all. And promising young woman, but like you pointed out, Perry, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is more of an ensemble. And I wouldn't, I mean, I guess Viola Davis's performance is, is kind of supporting, but I still do see her as a lead. Whereas promising young woman, it's Carrie Mulligan. I mean, she's in every scene of the movie, but uh, I'd be curious to see. I, I definitely do think that this shakes it up a bit. I don't think that Carrie Mulligan is a lock. And we'll get on, we'll get on to the, our, our Oscar picks in a moment. But moving on to supporting actor Daniel Kaluuya for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. He's, I think this is his year, especially after giving such great performances in Widows and, and especially Get Out, for which he was nominated for an Oscar. And uh, he was awesome on Saturday Night Live, I have to say. Uh, Perry, what's your take on Daniel Kaluuya's win for the SAG Award here? This is another one that I think is a done deal. And using the ensemble award here as an example, I think at this point in time, the only person who could possibly steal the uh, Academy Award statue from Daniel Kaluuya might be Sasha Baron Cohen. But we're in a situation here where Trial of Chicago 7 won the ensemble award, but Sasha Baron Cohen didn't get this particular award. So I feel like between that and the fact that SAG and also the Academy now has doubled up on nominations for Judas and the Black Messiah. Those are all signs that Daniel Kaluuya's win is, I think, cemented at this point. I, I, I completely agree. Jeff, how about you? Daniel Kaluuya uh, winning here and moving moving on to the big one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he benefits from a huge publicity push that, that someone like Paul Racy has not really received. Um, 
you know, he, he was very good. I still feel like it was a lead performance in Judas and the Black Messiah. I don't see who who him and Lakeith Stanfield are, are supporting, if not, I mean, besides each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like it's, it's a lock at this point. Um, but I, I just, I, I didn't see it at all. Uh, I, I do think that Judas has benefited from a late release date in February and, and a lot of people talking about it and the fact that you can just call it up on a moment's notice on HBO Max. You don't even have to get up and, uh, you know, put in the, the, the screener or anything. So I, I think it, it probably has benefited from repeat viewings. Uh, definitely. I, I mean, I can, speaking from experience, I think that Judas and the Black Messiah does benefit from repeat viewings. And uh, I wish I had actually seen it in the year of 2020 because I would have absolutely put that on my list of the best movies of 2020. All right, let's move on to supporting actress. This was... Definitely a big shock, uh, Yu Zheng Yu for Minari. And Jeff, I know that you're very excited about that. I am. I think she was easily by far the most deserving uh, supporting actress this year. It didn't come as a surprise to me other than I'm surprised, uh, you know, SAG picked the right person. Um, she, she, she was excellent. It's the very definition of what a supporting performance should be. And I love that, that uh, you know, she, she, she is a veteran performer who's just kind of you know, being introduced to U.S. audiences in this movie for the most part. But uh, yeah, she's been around. She's paid her dues. Congratulations to her. I hope she wins the Oscar. All right, Perry, what do you think? Yu Jong-un, what do you hear? She, she was my front runner as well. I had a feeling that she was going to take this award. But as we've discussed on previous episodes, this is one of the categories that does feel like the biggest toss-up. So while she wasn't a super clear front runner having to pick someone to predict who was going to win the award. She was the winner for me, and I'm glad to see her take it. I still think there could be a shakeup in this category, so I'm not going to go as far to call her a lock in this particular one. All right. I, I, I definitely agree with that. But her winning here did did give me, because uh, I know we discussed a supporting actress before on FYC, and we're going to discuss it again in just a few moments. Uh, I had a pick before, and I kind of changed my mind on that after watching uh, Yu Zhong Yu win supporting actress for Minari. Who did you think was going to win, Mance? Kind of thought that maybe Glenn Close might win. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I wanted to take this moment before we get to the, the big award of the night to talk about the SAG leak. How have we not talked about this? What SAG leak? That all the, the award winners leaked with the exception, you know, that they, the, the leak said that Maria Bakalova was going to win. But otherwise, the, the leak predicted every winner. They pre-taped their, their speeches. It was not live. And like, how do you keep a secret among all those people? <laughs> I mean, I just thought it was curious. It wasn't obviously a completely accurate uh, leak because it got Best Supporting Actress wrong, but at the same time, it picked the Viola Davis win, which was a surprise. It picked Trial of Chicago 7, which was, you know, maybe not a huge surprise, but it also wasn't a lock. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And, and whether there will be any leaks for the Oscars, who knows? Well, uh, this, this award season, it's definitely been unprecedented. I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, so best cast, best acting ensemble, which is the SAG Awards equivalent of best picture. Now, this year, the winner was Trial of the Chicago 7. Now that I saw coming from a mile away. Now, Nomadland, which has won every, basically every other best picture award so far this season and is the front runner to win at the Academy Awards wasn't even nominated for the best acting ensemble at the SAG Awards. So my, my question here is, 
do you think the SAG award win will for trial of the Chicago seven will boost that film's chances to go head to head with Nomadland and may even pull an upset and see Chicago seven win best picture at the Oscars. Perry, any thoughts on that? I'm not going to say the trial of the Chicago seven doesn't have a chance to be the upset when it comes to the Academy Awards, but let's not forget that Nomadland is the PGA winner and that comes with a significant amount of weight as well. I just think it's the fact that Nomadland is a character piece. It is about Francis McDormand in that one role. It does have an excellent supporting ensemble, but I'm not all that surprised that it didn't get an ensemble nomination from SAG. So I still think that Nomadland is the front runner for best picture, but maybe this SAG ensemble win boosts Trial of the Chicago 7's chances, you know, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and look, I mean, there, there are people who see the SAG award Best Acting Ensemble as exactly that, an acting ensemble. And Trial of the Chicago 7 absolutely is an acting ensemble. When you have a film like Nomadland, or which is about uh, you know one person really, like is that really an ensemble? So, but there are other people who look at this, the SAG acting ensemble as no, it's, it's best picture. So Jeff, what is your take on Trial of the Chicago 7 winning, winning Best Acting Ensemble a bad thing. It is a bad sign. Okay. Well, why is that a bad sign? Okay. So yes, people see it as the best picture equivalent, right? But it's for SAG, but it's not, it's not best picture. It's best ensemble. So what this does is makes the people in the Academy go, didn't we already give this movie the, the, the best ensemble at, at, at SAG? Why are we? No, it's going to hurt its best picture chances. A lot of people bumped trial of Chicago up to number two behind Nomadland after this win. I am moving it down. And I'm saying that if there is going to be an upset, it's going to be Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, or Judas and the Black Messiah. Trial of Chicago 7 is below all of those movies for me. Don't care how many SAG awards it wins. Oh, wow. Damn. Spoken like a true, true Jeff. Those are the movies that that will be number ones on the ballot. Judas, Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman. It will not be Trial of Chicago 7. Why not? Why not Minari? Maybe Minari. I mean, I, I listen. I I always uh, I just haven't felt that in the last few weeks. But I had always thought that that was a dark horse to win, particularly with everything that's going on right now in this country. Last year's best acting ensemble win was Parasite, and that movie went on to win the Oscar for Best Picture, a year where the Academy actually got it right. Uh, only twelve times over the twenty-five years that both have been presented that the SAG Best Acting Ensemble go on to win the Oscar for Best Picture. So that's less than half the times where the two awards matched. In two of the last three years, the Oscar-winning Best Picture wasn't even nominated for Best Acting Ensemble. And with this win here for a trial of the Chicago 7, it is Netflix's first win in this category at the SAG Awards. So I think that's a very, very interesting. This is for the collectors, the super fans, the dreamers, everyone who loves movies. This is Movies Anywhere. Bring your movie collection together from all of these different places into one simple app. No matter how you collect, no fees, no catch. Share a screen pass with your favorite people and watch together. 
Your movies together at last. Movies anywhere. Don't miss our biggest offer ever. This week only, purchase from thousands of movies and get a bonus movie on us. Now that we're done with the SAG Awards, let's run through our acting awards, our nominations here for the Academy Awards uh, one more time before our final time, which we're going to do again uh, the week before the award show itself. So uh, let's just uh, go with, uh, okay, obviously best actor, Chadwick Boseman. Now here's the thing. Yes, I think that obviously, I mean, Chadwick is going to win. I think it's in the bag. He does deserve to win. But I got to tell you, I think that Anthony Hopkins, that was a career capping performance. It was his, his King Lear. It, it is a gut-wrenching movie, a gut-wrenching performance, a powerful, powerful final scene. And I mean, he's in every scene of the movie. And Perry, like you pointed out, Ma Rainey feels more like an ensemble. And I, I get, I mean, I think Chadwick Boseman does deserve to win because it was his final performance. It was his best performance. It's, it's the perfect way to honor his legacy. But I feel kind of bad that Anthony Hopkins doesn't have a chance when he deserves it. What do you think? Uh, Jeff, now that you've seen the movie, what do you think? I think he's a lion of cinema, this guy. Like he, he was excellent, but the movie just did not hit me emotionally the way that I expected it to. It, it did play like a, a, a horror movie for older men. Um, I just <laughs> yeah. feel like you're, you're just spending the entire running time trying to figure out what's going on that you did not get sucked into this man's emotional journey. And, and so uh, I, I, I thought it was worthy of a nomination, but you can't even, don't tell me that was better than Riz Ahmed. Don't tell me that, Lance. It's not. I, I thought it was better than Riz Ahmed. <laughs> I'm telling you, I thought it was better than Riz Ahmed. Perry, what's your take? I thought they were both great, but Chadwick Boseman is my number one. Anthony Hopkins is my two and Riz is my number three. And for what it's worth, I thought the father was exceptional at fully bringing you into what could be going on in his mind. And I just found it so appropriately all consuming and also suffocating at the same time. And I think that's from a combination of Florian Zeller's uh, way of framing his visuals and also Anthony Hopkins performance. So I think Anthony Hopkins is great, but I am definitely thinking Chadwick Boseman deserves to win and will win. Oh, well, he will win. I, I mean, I agree he will win, but I just, you know, after watching, you know, I did watch The Father again more recently and uh, uh, Florian Zeller did an amazing job of putting you in Anthony Hopkins's mind. Like you're, you're, you're feeling the disorientation of dementia in the way that he is, but not in a way where it's too flashy or heavily edited or that kind of thing. It's a challenging film that that benefits from repeated viewings because you kind of know what to look for. All right, let's move on to Best Actress. You have Viola Davis, Vanessa Kirby, Carrie Mulligan, Frances McDormand, and Andra Day. Andra Day, who Jeff pointed out, was not nominated for a SAG Award, but Andra Day was nominated for an Oscar. So does how does that shake it up? What do we think about the Best Actress category here, especially after Viola Davis won the SAG Awards? I mean, I know we talked about it a little, but any further thoughts on this, Perry? I guess nothing to add on what we've already discussed. Carrie Mulligan is still my uh, my number one. I think her lead in that category, in my mind at least, has, has shrunk a little bit. 
And I did bump Viola Davis up to my number two spot. I think that SAG win does give her the next best shot at the moment. Frances McDormand is three. Andrew Day is sitting at four, mainly because of the Golden Globe win and the fact that that put a bigger spotlight on her work in that movie. And she's also in some sort of Hulu commercial. So I'm like constantly seeing her on TV. And I know that has nothing to do with an award season campaign, but that could make people out there more aware of her when they're ticking off a box on a ballot. But Vanessa Kirby is the only one with no shot in the world. I think she's excellent in pieces of a woman, but nobody is talking about that movie anymore. Jeff, what do you think? I'm going to say something crazy. Uh, uh, that does not surprise me, but go ahead. <laughs> All season, we've been talking about Carrie Mulligan, and I just, I just don't know if this is a win for her. It fe- like... I keep going back to Frances McDormand in Nomadland, who has been eliminated from the conversation strictly on the basis that she's won two Oscars before. And that's really the only bad thing that anything anybody can say about her, this movie. She's already done it. We don't need to give it to her again. Um, I don't think the support is there overall in the Academy for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's why it missed out on a, on a Best Picture nomination, right? Um, and I do think that her and, and Andre Day could end up splitting the vote, so to speak, which would leave it between Fran and, and Carrie. And, and I'm gonna go with Frances McDormand. I just think people really like No Man Land. That's the front runner for a reason. She produced the film as well. And I'm not just gonna write her off because she's won two times before. She's, she's a great actress. And, and I think it was the best performance, uh, female performance I saw here. Well, you know, winning two Oscars is a gift and a curse. Just ask Tom Hanks. Sure. He won two back-to-back Oscars right. for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. I mean, he's given performances for which he would deserve to be nominated like Captain Phillips, and he wasn't even nominated. And I thought he was great in News of the World. Now that theaters are opening in LA, I hope that Universal puts that into theaters because that's a movie that deserves to be seen on the big screen. But so, like I said, going into the fall, I really felt like this was Viola Davis's Oscar to lose because just the way that she just like, I mean, she blew my mind as, as Ma Rainey. She just absolutely, like, it was a, a phenomenal performance. It was one for the books. And I thought Carrie Mulligan is, I think she's great in Promising a Woman. It's one of the f- best movies of the year. Is my was my number one of my best of 2020. But the transformation that Viola Davis gave was just so mind-blowing. It was so transformative. And I think that the SAG Award win... Granted, you have a whole lot more people voting for that than at the Oscars. I think that she has a really, really good chance now. And You're putting that much stock in SAG because I, in the last few months, no, no, I've not wait, talked no, no. about Viola Davis like this. I, I am putting stock in my instincts. And my instinct back in the fall was that Viola Davis should win. And it was, it was only when Carrie Mulligan started to win all these other awards that I went, oh, okay, well, yeah, she, absolute, she absolutely deserves it. Carrie Mulligan was great. But if you're going to compare apples to apples between Carrie and between uh, uh, Viola, I think Viola Davis knocked it out of the park. Like that was a grand slam home run. We've got some drama here. All three of us have different winners. Well, I listen, I, I, I'm just... I, I remember back in the fall, just you know, long before we started taping this uh, season of F- FYC, thinking, 
yeah, this this is Viola Davis. It's it's she's gonna she already has supporting from Fences, but she's gonna win uh, Best Actress now. She's gonna get her her first lead actress Oscar here, and then the conversation steered to Carrie Mulligan, and I I really felt like well. I'm completely down with that because she does deserve to win. But the SAG Award win here for Viola Davis is reconfirming my suspicions and my instincts that Viola Davis is the more deserving actress to win lead. Love Frances McDormand in Nomadland. But like you said, Jeff, because she is a producer, what that movie is going to win Best Picture and Frances McDormand gets an Oscar. That's fair. That, that, and that's a, that's a fair counterpoint. Let me ask you this. Do you think, you know, because it was a great headline out of SAG with the four uh, winners of color. Do you think that that will sort of boost Viola Davis's chances because people want to see that same headline after the Oscars? Well, I, I think that's very possible. I think the push for diversity and inclusion has been stronger than ever it has been louder than ever. And I think that that will influence people when they vote. I think that's very, very possible that that push could influence people picking their, their choices, which in addition to the fact that just based on her performance alone, she deserves to win, that could also boost her chances. And I'm going to kind of go back to my instinct from the fall and say that Viola Davis is going to win Best Actress. Now, because we still have a couple episodes of Collider FIC to go, by the time we tape again, I could change my mind and go back to Carrie Mulligan. But for right now, for this conversation, fresh off the SAG Awards win, and I've been thinking a lot about Viola Davis in that movie ever since, you know, for the last couple of days, prepping for this show. And I think, you know, it is best actress category is not a slam dunk for Carrie Mulligan. Let's wait for SNL on, on, on Saturday. Maybe that'll change your mind, Scott. Okay, you got it. You got it. Okay, let's move on to a supporting actor. The nominees are Sasha Baron Cohen, Daniel Kaluuya, Leslie Odom Jr., Paul Racy, Lakeith Stanfield. You have two nominees here for Judas and the Black Messiah. And Jeff, since you brought this up before, do you think that that Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield will cancel each other out, leaving maybe even Sasha Baron Cohen or Paul Racy to win? Listen, I'd, I'd love to see Paul Racy winning, but no, I, I think Daniel Kaluuya has this wrapped up. Um, I, I, I don't really see Lakeith siphoning too many votes o- away from him, not enough to, to make an impact. Uh, yeah, I, I think if Amazon had, had been a little bit more aggressive getting Paul Racy out front, or if he had like a personal publicist who was really trying to pull the strings, you know, he'd have a better chance. But I don't see Sasha Baron Cohen coming in to steal Daniel Kaluuya's thunder here. I think this one's done. I'm with Jeff. I think this one is done. It's Daniel Kaluuya's to lose at this point. I I do think that there's maybe like the smallest fraction of a chance that Sasha Baron Cohen, if anyone could come in and take it, but it's so unlikely. And I think with the situation with him and Lakeith, It's not like I was trying to remember who else was nominated alongside Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz that year, but it it wasn't that was more of a situation where two people were going head to head and it seemed like either of them could take it. In this particular situation, I have Daniel at number one and Lakeith at number five at the individual who I'm very happy he got the nomination, but has no chance of winning the award. So I, I don't think it's the same kind of situation in this case. No, I, I agree with you completely. I think that this award is Daniel Kaluuya's to lose at this point, regardless of the fact that there's someone else from his movie nominated in the same category. Daniel Kaluuya's performance is just 
absolutely incredible and so deserving. Uh, Teeters on a lead performance, even though he was nominated for supporting. And I think that that he's he's going to take it. All right, now let's move on to supporting actress. The nominees are Maria Bakalova, Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman, Amanda Seyfried, Yu Zhang Yun. I just want to say, I know, like some reason, the last couple of years, I've been drinking the Kool Aid when it comes to Glenn Close, but I still think that it's up between Yu Zhang Yun and Maria Bakalova. But Yu Zhang Yun is uh, she's seventy three, and she's uh, sort of. Uh, a Meryl Streep kind of legend uh, where she is. And I'm going to lean towards Yu Zhang Yun here. And Perry, what do you think? I'm with you. I was basically waiting for the SAG Awards to give me a little guidance in this particular category. So this definitely bumped Yu Zhang Yun up to number one on my list. And I do think Maria Bakalova is right behind. There's a good deal of support behind Borat where that could wind up being a little bit of a sneaky win in this category. For a period of time, I did have Olivia Coleman up top, but I think that that kind of enthusiasm for the father has faded a good deal. And I'm sorry, man, Glenn Close is no chance. And now Amanda Seyfried's done. Amanda Seyfried went all the way from my number one to the bottom of the list uh, fairly fast throughout the the nomination prediction phase to now. I think she's excellent in Mank, but no chance of winning this award. I I agree. And and look, I mean, yeah. I mean, when we were having our last conversation about Glenn Close, yeah, as soon as we were done taping, I'm like, Glenn Close isn't winning. All right, Jeff, what do you think? Supporting actress. I, I've been consistent all season. It's it's uh, Yu Jung Yoon from Minari. I, like, did we really think they're giving an Oscar to Amanda Seyfried or to Glenn Close for Borat's <laughs> daughter? Like, these things were never in play. It is between uh, Yu Jung Yoon and Olivia Coleman, and that's it, and that's all. So let's say that Best Actress, which we don't agree on, does indeed go to Carrie Mulligan. You're still going to have three out of four actors here of color win, which is a which is great showing of representation. But if you go with my uh, picks for this show, which again could change on the next one, the winners here for for the SAG Awards would in fact mirror all four of them at the Oscars. And I feel like I'm the deciding vote here. You're making me change from Frances McDormand. I'm going to go with Carrie over Viola. So much more relevant, the themes of that film and, and what her character has, has to go through. I agree. We're going to go through all 23 categories on the next episode of Collider FYC. So uh, make sure you join us the week of April 21st. This is going to be the week before the Oscars. Jeff Snyder, where else can people find you in the wonderful world of the world? Uh, in Snyder Plus, the world's first paid private Twitter account. Go check out Collider Ladies Night. The newest episode is with Naomi Scott. And then we have another one coming up with Margaret Cho. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Nance. And if you are a Star Trek fan, if you are a Star Trek fan, I'm doing something I always wanted to do. I am hosting my very own podcast. It is a deep dive episode by episode of the original Star Trek series, which is celebrating its 55th anniversary this year. The name of the podcast is called Enterprise Incidents, and it is a fun, fresh, and informative and exciting new podcast. And I just love Star Trek to pieces. And I'm so excited that I finally get to do this with my co-host, Steve Morris. Enterprise Incidents, Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes. Check it out. Congrats. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay, and until 
the next episode of Collider FYC. FY, see you later.